Welcome to the Which Was Better podcast, where we discuss and decide which was better, the book or the movie. And this week, we are digging into The Perfect Catch. I'm your host, Lisa, and today I am so excited to welcome Meg from the blog Hallmark in Real Life. Meg, welcome, and thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first ever <laughs> podcast. Yay! And we've been, we're very, very excited that you blessed us with your presence on your very first one. We'll be, we'll be gentle with you. We'll be easy. I say we like it's like Thank it's you. not just me. Like I'd like to make myself plural. I don't know. I don't know. It feels weird to say I. So I always say we. Anyways, so before we get started, I want to say that I, I love your blog. I really, really do. I love the concept. I love everything about it. But for the listeners who have not read your blog, why don't you, um, would you mind telling us a little bit about it? And Sure. Thank you so much. Um, the Hallmark in Real Life blog um, started, gosh, uh, a little over a year ago now, I guess. Um, and it, the premise is that I take elements of Hallmark movies and try to live them out in real life. And when it's not COVID times, I was having a ton of fun with my adventures. I had found Carlos, the I think Carlo the cat, who is the only cat that lives at a fire station in New York City. And it was a uh, part of my like three, three part blog posts on the nine lives of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> you have to talk about that one because it's a classic. Yes. It was so fun. I feel like when you put this stuff out into the universe, it just kind of starts to attract more energy to it because I had never met a New York City fireman before I did this. And then I, you know, met the, the cat that lives at the firehouse. I got to fold the American flag with the fireman. I did yoga with kittens, which was crazy <laughs> basically in like a cat cafe where like you're doing yoga and these kittens are crawling all over you yes I'm a dog person so like all gotcha. of this is out of my <laughs> and then um I had I did I did go to an actual cat cafe where I expected I would like be able to get like coffee or a drink <laughs> but in reality since you're going to interact with animals they like basically give you a drink and a cooler yeah. outside in the vestibule and then you can go in and all these people are playing with cats and it was wacky experiences <laughs> and then as all this is unfolding I had like an entire truck full of firemen show up at my office and I even had a blind date with a fireman so like I feel like the whole premise of single girl in the city yeah. get yourself out of the comfort zone is living itself out on the block. That's so awesome. You guys, if y'all haven't checked it out, do please check it out. And I will leave um, the links to all of it in the um, show notes. But the perfect catch. I got to ask you, which came first for you? Because it was a movie before it was a book. This is a novelization for those of you that don't know. So it's um, based on the actual um, original Hallmark movie. So did you watch the movie first? I did because I'm uh, Andrew Walker. Okay, gotcha. So overall thoughts on the movie before you read the book? Like, were you a fan of the movie or were you just like, eh? No, I, I definitely am a fan of the movie. It's one of those ones that whenever it's on, I always watch it. Oh, nice. You know, and Walker plus baseball equals a home run for me. Gotcha. So. <laughs> Are you a baseball fan outside of? I am. I'm a, a Red Sox fan. Okay, then. So this I did not know. Well, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. So we're American League rivals here. <laughs> no, but as long as a baseball fan still. And That's true. Baseball in general. Yes. With my dad was a high school baseball coach and I was an athletic trainer for baseball teams. And yeah, it runs in our blood. So it's good to meet other baseball fans. So I will say before we get started into all of it that I had to put the baseball part outside of my mind because I was like, I need to remove myself from what I actually know about baseball because <laughs> otherwise I'll be like, Arr. so fair enough. I'll just, fair enough. I'll it just, is a Hallmark movie after all. Yes, I'll just leave it at that. So, um, so when you went to read the book, did that change the way you interacted with it? Because it being a novelization, it really will follow the movie. And so, you know, it's an expanded view of the movie. So did that change the way you interacted with it? Did you see the TV characters in your mind when you were reading? Like, how did that go for you? So this was my first ever experience with a reading and novelization. Okay. I'm a huge book reader. I think, uh, you know, since the start of the new year, I'm already at 15 books. So 
Yeah. Um, but this was my first ever of doing this. And I tend to be a purist where I like fall in love with the version that introduces me to the story. And so I did see the characters in as I was reading. And what I tried to do to get myself in the right frame of mind to read a story that I was already familiar with was to kind of think about it like as I, how I rewatch my favorite Hallmark movie. And so I settled in to be like, okay, let me get, you know, a cup of cocoa or a nice coffee and wrap myself in a blanket on the couch and be like, all right, let me just settle into this story and like revisiting your favorite movie, ease into something that I kind of anticipated I would know a lot. Of what oh, was that's up. great. I love that. I love that idea. Um, you know, it, it was kind of the same for me, but it was mo- mainly the two lead characters I could not get Nikki Deloach and Andrew Walker out of my head when I was reading, but everyone else, even though I'd seen the movie, everyone else kind of had their own book created per like, you know, version in my mind. And so when I went back to watch the movie after I'd finished the book, I was like, oh yeah, that's okay. That works. You know, it, so it was bizarre to have the two competing views in, in my, yeah. Um, so let me ask you, this story, whether it's the book or the movie, it involves um, second chance romance. Now, are you a romance reader? Do you? I am, and I enjoy second chance romances. Really? So, see, it's, I, you know, it's weird because my favorite, you know, one of my favorite um, books ever is Persuasion from, you know, it's my favorite Jane Austen book, and it's one of my favorites. And it, I realized it like a year ago, I'm like, you don't like second chance romance, but you love persuasion, which is the ultimate second chance romance book. So I'm trying to come around to it more, but I did, I did enjoy this one. I will say that. So I think it's actually an interesting point. And my favorite Jane Austen is Pride and Prejudice, Mm -hmm. but um, I, I like second chance romances in the Hallmark genre. I don't, as a book reader, I always gravitate to them, but I think in Hallmark movies, because they happen in so fast, mm-hmm. if there is some backstory where these characters have a past relationship, it's a little bit more authentic when they fall in love together so quickly. And so I feel like I can get into it. Man, you're bringing up some good points. I never thought about it that way. But you're right, because we only get like really 80 minutes to watch these people get together. Interesting. Now, what about romances that involve single parents? Are you a fan of kids in... I have to phrase it right because I don't want to say kid romances because that sounds weird. <laughs> um, kid romances that involve parents with kids. Like, are you? I generally yeah, I mean, steer away from those. Honestly, I feel bad. So part of it is is I'm not sure this is a book I would have picked up if I wasn't participating in this conversation yeah. with you. Right. And but I do like the movie, and I don't, and I like kids in general, and so. It depends. As long as it's a good story, I feel like I can get into characters. I mean, at the end of the day, films are about action and books are about characters. So if you paint me a good character and that person just happens to be a single mother or a single father, and there's a deep development of a good relationship and like a quirky, cool kid, I can pretty much get into anything. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I just, it. I think it's because I feel old <laughs> and I feel like an old mom that when I read romances I want it I want to live vicariously through some like young single person <laughs> doesn't have, I'm like oh not that I don't love my kids I would die for them but you know what I'm that's just yeah I feel I feel like an old mom so um but yes I this kid was to die for in both the book and the movie but the kid that played him in the movie was uh, he was so adorable I just I loved him um okay so before we start digging into the ins and outs of both these. I'm going to back up and I'm going to do a um, quick summary of both the book and the movie. So I'm going to start with the movie because that's the one that came first. So it premiered as part of Hallmark Spring, Hallmark's Spring Fever lineup in 2017. And it starred Nikki Deloach as Jessica Parker and Andrew Walker as Chase Tainer. And the summary is... Um, When our high school boyfriend, a superstar baseball player, returns to town, a single parent finds the inspiration to reinvent her struggling diner and revisits the past to find something even better for the future. Okay, well, I sure. (laughs) There's not a lot there, but okay. 
the book, however, goes into a lot more detail. So the book was, um, as we mentioned before, a Hallmark publishing novelization of the movie written by the fabulous Cassidy Carter. I love her books. Um, and it was released in March of 2018. And the summary is, in the small town of Parker Falls, Jessica Parker spends her time serving pie and coming up with ideas to save the failing diner she inherited from her grandfather. A single mom to eight-year-old Wesley, she has enough to keep her busy well into the future. But when her old high school love, Chase Tainer, unexpectedly pops up, Jess finds herself thinking not of the future, but of her past with the handsome professional baseball player. After a few bad pitches leaves his dream career in limbo, Chase slides back home to Parker Falls. Although the town may not be as safe as he expected, and as as Jess and Chase reconnect, old feelings return in a major league way. With the possibility that Chase could return to the baseball diamond at any time, will their reunion be worth the risk of their hearts, or will it be deja vu all over again with Chase choosing the limelight over the woman he loved before the fame? (gasps) I mean, they just give it (laughs) all... They basically tell you the book. (laughs) But it, you know, it's nice to get a fuller, you get a lot more of what the, what the story is actually about than the movie. They're like, eh, the single mom needs to fix stuff in her diner. (laughs) But let's be honest, for the movie, you have Andrew Walker and Nikki Deloche. They're like great on-screen chem, on-screen chemistry. What, what, what do you need to tease that? You just kind of, you know, show that they're in a movie together. And I imagine people will watch. I mean, I did. Seriously. I thought that the entire, honestly, the entire cast of the movie had just phenomenal chemistry with each other, even outside the romantic leads. They all looked like they had so much fun making this movie. They just all worked really well. And Lisa, uh, dropped, I, I don't know how to say her name. The woman that played Nina, her best friend, she's Adorable. been in, She's been in several Hallmark movies, usually as the friend, you know, the secondary character. But I loved her in this movie. She was so she brought so much, you know, she just made Nina so funny. And I just I really not that I didn't like her in the book. I just I loved her portrayal of her in the movie. So I just have to get that out there real quick. No, I agree. I thought she was a great character in the movie. Um. So let's talk characters, because, you know, with all of these, whether it's book or I mean, when it comes to debating these there's always the addition of internal monologues when it comes to these characters. We don't get to see the, you know, internal struggle struggles or motivations or decision making that that these characters go through in the movies, but in the books obviously we get that. So I'd like to talk real quick movie Jess and Chase versus book Jess and Chase. Obviously we lose out on there, you know, like we said internal monologues, but I feel like we don't really get a grasp in the movie of Jess's previous relationship with anybody in her life, like whether it's Chase or Davis, her kid's dad or Brett, we kind of get it. But, I, you know, obviously the book goes into more detail. What did you think about? What about that? Um, I didn't feel like I don't know if the Jess's internal monologue was that much more in depth in the book. I did think Chase's was. I thought there was much more background and layers there, which I did enjoy. Right. Because, you know, in the book, when when Chase comes back home, we right off the bat know that he is very concerned about the town's reaction to him. He's just very like, don't talk to me about the game. I don't want to talk about it. And he's it's it's a running commentary in his head, like people trying to bring up game seven that he failed in <laughs> and he just cuts them off and he's just mm. You know, so we do get that. But, you know, I just I think part of what I missed is in the book, we find um, pretty early on that Jess is not quite that sure about Brett, her current boyfriend and her kind of irritations with him and that he's always on his phone and he's always going to meetings and he's always like putting her second. And I think I'm going to move on to book Brett versus movie Brett, because I think movie Brett just came off as kind of clueless and kind of goofy, which he made me laugh. He was very funny in the movie. (laughs) But in the book, I thought that Brett was a lot more calculating, a lot more. I agree. agree. Right. Yeah. He, and his jealousy um, came through um, in the book in a way that it didn't on the screen. 
Yeah, I don't think it conveyed conveyed very well. And I thought that in the book, we saw that very early on between Jess and Brett that they were dating, but it was kind of like, uh, like they could both take it or leave it. And I don't know. I just don't think it came across that well in the movie. And I probably would never have noticed had I not read the book. And I probably would have just thought, oh, it's fine. Well, that's where I think we have to give uh, Cassidy Carter credit because I think she really did take, you know, the movie and add some richness and dimensions in those characters that you could only do in a book form and can't do in the movie. So, you know, I think she did a good job with that. Yeah, for sure. And then the other biggest difference, well, for me, and so I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, aside from the, um, from his career in terms of chase, uh, making amends with his dad was one of his other storylines, like major storylines. And what did you think of how that was presented in the book as a per uh, in the movie, as opposed to in the book? I really enjoyed how it was portrayed in the book. I think it was paced well. And I think that it, um, was layered in a different way throughout the book that made it very authentic. Whereas in a movie, it has to be kind of truncated in scenes Mm -hmm. and it it works in the movie. And, and I wouldn't have known that it could be done differently without kind of the balance of now having read the book, but I did like how it was handled in the book. Right. I, I kind of thought that, um, you know, book dad, for lack of a better term, uh, was a lot more resentful. He felt a lot more, not well, maybe it wasn't that harsh, but he seemed to hold a little bit more of a grudge until you find out later that, you know, in both the book and the movie that you find out later that he was just trying to keep Chase grounded because his mom was like, well, your mom always puffs you up. And so I thought it was my purpose to ground you which you find out why and you know and it makes sense but I did I did enjoy the extended scenes in the book with with dad and Chase I will say though that the part in the movie when they're on the porch and the dad brings out the scrapbook I mean it was so precious I just (laughs) I loved that scene so much I love stories yes I love romance and I love romantic stories but you know being a kid who moved away from my hometown and I'm 1800 miles away from my family I really enjoy watching kids and parents adult kids and parents reconnect and find each other again and so I thought it was very sweet I loved it I agree and I love when um working on the food truck both in the book and in the movie helps them kind of develop um a new layer to their relationship or maybe remind them of what the childhood relationship was like it seems like Chase in his younger version worked at his dad's shop and so the fact that all of that knowledge on how to fix things up is still deep within this pro athlete came out and it was very sweet. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and we'll get into this in, in a little bit because I have it, um, um, I have it for a little bit later in this discussion, discussion, but I, I did find it interesting that um, the book gave us a bit more of Jess and her son Wes and how they interacted with Chase's family because we got some more scenes in terms of them starting to bond with each other and trying to like um to just a little bit more especially when it came to the truck they were all working together and you know we we kind of they kind of in the movie it's kind of blended all together because of course you know it it has to move along um so I'll be interested to talk about that in just a minute so I wanted to say that there were um there were a couple of scenes in the movie that I did think worked better in the movie. And I wanted to get your thoughts on them. One, which is silly, but when it's Jess's birthday <laughs> and Brett has made reservations, but she gets all dressed up and then she, he, he calls and she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking great. And he's like, sorry, I'm going to have to take a rain check, but I left you a gift on the porch for your birthday and she's like oh my gosh and in the book she thinks maybe it's food from the restaurant so i can have dinner there anyways maybe it's something very sweet and and in the movie she just opens the door and there's that air purifier (laughs) which horrifying like who (laughs) in their right mind ever thought that was a good birthday gift like in the movie or the book i mean it just like, I literally was like, and the fact that I read it and I still have the same reaction as when I watched it, I was like, what man 
thinks that this is okay. I know. It just cracked me up because reading it in the book was funny, but then seeing it with all the ribbons and <laughs> the little like birthday, like, yay! I just, <laughs> I died laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, and then and the fact that she didn't break up with him just after that alone was actually shocking to me. <laughs> like the fact that we had to wait for her to get rid of him after the air purifier was kind of like, seriously, girl? It just made, she was like, Thanks. And then she just, but after that, she goes back into her, her house and she shuts the door and she starts reminiscing about, you know, things. And she pulls out high school yearbooks and she talks about it in the book and she goes through her mental process. And that was, it was great. But in the movie, we see those pictures from the yearbook and we see Andrew Walker's. Birth. Yeah, we like, see high school Andrew Walker and nineties spiked hair. I loved it. I was like, "This is brilliant." It just was adorable, and I kind of wonder, like, are those their prom pictures that they kind of I know. together? It was so cute. I kept thinking of that, and I was like, "Okay, we don't get the." I mean, obviously, they can't show that part in the book, but it made me laugh out loud. So I was like, "Man, those nineties blind blonde spikes." That was it. It was. It, it was, was a thing. It was a thing. And then um, there's actually, and it's part, I think it was just this whole section because later um, after Wes, Wesley and, and Chase come home and they find Jessica sitting on the couch, still dressed for dinner. And they're like, where, you know, what happened? And she's like, well, Brett canceled. And they're like, oh, so they come up with this. We're going to treat you for your birthday. And um it's they they you know he cooks for her and it's very charming and the three of them are having dinner and it's very fun but um there's a scene at the end where Wes is obviously something's on his mind he's kind of upset and his mom's like what's going on and Chase is like what's up bud you know and he finally reveals you know what his worries are and he says you know he asks Chase to play with him in the father son game which in the book it's a very sweet scene and and I think that it was um you know a lot fuller and it was nice but I cried at that scene in the movie I'm not gonna lie I legit cried (laughs) that's so sweet just watching their reactions to him like opening up and asking and then the kid gets so excited and that little kid like I said was just so cute. adorable. Well, also, though, in the build up to that scene, which did have a great payoff when he, he asks Chase to play in the father son uh, baseball game. I love the whispering. Like, so yes. kind of whispers in Chase's ear very sweetly um, and not actually so quietly, but like, let's right. you know, cook for mom or whatever. <laughs> and it's just adorable. And that doesn't like translate in the book. It's just very sweet to see that play out on screen. Yes. And I liked that. Yeah. Although, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I was like, oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> that's the mom in you. That's, that's I gotta be the mom in you. Like, yeah, it's like little waterworks there. Um, and then okay, so now there are a few things that I thought that definitely worked better in the book, and so um, one of those is at the very beginning. At the very beginning, we see Chase coming home, and he's in his um convertible speeding down the highway and he gets pulled over by a cop who you know once he realized who it is like oh my god jace you know and he acts like he knows him and they have this whole thing well in in the movie he just kind of says are you giving me a ticket because he doesn't want to talk about game seven he cuts off the cop and the cop's like no no just you know take it easy slow down and he takes off and the next thing you know he pulls up to the diner however in the book we get a little bit extra and we get a little added scene where Chase is actually like, hey, do you know a good place to eat? And the cop is like, yeah, go to the diner. Hey, Jess Parker still runs it, like hint, hint, because we know. And he makes a conscious effort to go to the cafe because he wants the ego boost of seeing his old ex-girlfriend. I agree. It's actually a really nice added element. And you only get that in the book. Yeah. And so do you, I mean, I was going to say, do you think that that took away from it? Because in the movie, he's just as surprised to see her as she is him. And he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you still worked here. And she's like, I don't know. you, But I thought it was kind of. I think I appreciate them for the two different mediums that they are. Like, I think that the movie, the way it rolls out is kind of how it has to, because it's, you know, it's, it's a movie. And so they have to get to the 
meet cute right. or the re-meet cute pretty yeah. early on. And in the book, I think she has to take some time to let you ease into it. So like, you know, because if you're watching a movie, you're just seeing the visual of the car driving and he's rolling into town where in the book you have pages to fill of like, what's he thinking about while he's driving right. and how does he make the car go to that stop versus his parents' house? So I, I think it was just right. well done. And it just gave you a little bit of extra. It also helped make there a little bit of difference between the book and the movie. Yeah. Cause I, I remember, I remember um, watching the movie initially and thinking, why didn't he just go home? I legit was like, why is he there? Why didn't he go home? And side note, when I rewatched the movie after I read the book, um, when she spills all that food on him, there's a scene like right after where they're talking and he's chewing on something. And I'm like, did he eat the food that spilled on the table? I was wondering, maybe he's chewing gum. Like I I thought the exact same thing because I was like, did he pick it up off the table? Like it was, yeah, I was like, I'm very confused by that. I was like, what? what I was like, did the craft services truck like roll in here mid scene? And he just was like, I'm going to graze right now and be chewing as I leave the table. There's two parts where he's like chewing. I'm like, this man picked up these eggs right off that table. And was like, it's fine. It's oh, five second rule. Yeah, five, totally five <laughs> second rule. I also was wondering like, maybe he's just chewing gum. Like I, but, he, but I noticed that too. And I was like, huh. Okay, because I was like, am I losing my mind? <laughs> I also noticed, though, um, that in the one of the baseball scenes where, like, Jess is uh, throwing pitches at Wes, mm-hmm. he's got, like, um, wellies on. And then when she is supposed to have, like, just following C, like, Chase in the parking lot, she's got some cute little boots on. So they're oh, little boots on and her hair is down and she's all, like. Totally different. And I was like, hmm, we're not following the right timeline here. Like there's yeah. a wardrobe change between like the four seconds it took her to walk off the field. But that's okay. I, I rolled. I was I was so impressed with every time she took her son out to the baseball field, she was dressed like that. Cause I'm like, listen, you can't get me out of these yoga pants. You can't get me out of these leggings as pants. I don't care where we are. Like, and you're not she was out there like three inch like boot heels and girl. Good for you. That's see. That's that's why Nate yeah. Lilich is our is one of our idols. Like she can. Yes, that's the mom I aspire to be. But really, I'm just holding on with dry shampoo and it's your hallmark leggings moment. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is me. I'm put together with like scotch tape and stuff. But okay, so in the movie, um, you know, we see where Jessica has a. Um, a dream of expanding the cafe through, or at least helping the cafe through buying a food truck. And she thinks that that'll help promote because she can take the diner food truck out to Barry's places and whatnot, where Brett is like, this is a dumb idea. Don't do this. Yeah, he shoots it right down. Again, I don't know why she's with this dude. For real. And Chase is like, yeah, do it, you know? And so we, we follow this, you know, storyline where Chase is encouraging her and he goes to help her get the truck. And then you have the great montage where they're cleaning the truck and they're doing all that. But in the book, I do appreciate, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this. We have another little tiny part where Chase is like, you know, Jessica's talking about how the cafe is not, or the diner's not doing well. And he says, do you need money? And she's like, no. No, 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 no. That's not why. And he's like, because I can give you money. And so there's this little, little tiny storyline, this little thread that runs through the book where he's trying to always do stuff for her by not actually paying for it by, but by like bargaining, like autographs or like stuff like that. And so obviously we can't get all of that little minutia in the movie. But what did you think of that? Because in the, in the book, you know, he's trying to bargain to get the truck fixed by doing some like autographed work or something with some other mechanic. But she kind of is like, or I could go to your dad's shop and get you guys back together. And we get a little extra there. So what did you think of that difference? Um, I liked the difference because, again, it's more character development. And I'm always in favor of that. And I also like the authenticity of, you know, Jess being like a part of the town and clearly knowing, you know, Chase's family for all, for a long time, Mm -hmm. high school, and them being involved in each other's lives in the present and kind of bringing him into it again. You know, it's like he's fallen away and, and she could so naturally help mend that fence, so to speak. Yeah. Because, you know, literally in the movie and in the book. Right. 
<laughs> because we do get where, you know, Chase in the movie is like, you know, grateful. We get the sense that he's grateful for their, you know, mending fences with his father, you know. But yeah, in the book, we get a little bit more subtext to it. We get a little bit more backstory to it. We get a little, you know, it's it's fuller. So I did, I did a pre- that's why I thought I was like, okay, I think this works better in the book. And we also get um, a continuation of that scene is there's a scene in the book where they're at the auto shop and they're working on the truck and Jess at this point has broken up with Brett. They've broken up and he calls her and Chess, Chase and Jess are standing next to each other and Brett calls her and she sees him and she sees the name and she declines the call and she puts it back in his pocket. But we get Chase's perspective where he sees it. He's like, oh, she didn't take his call. Interesting. What's happening here? And he's very, very aware of everything that she's going through. So I think that that whole scene played out better in the book because we just get that little tiny tiny extra detail well and the other thing is is in we you in the book um there is this you know mysterious or not so mysterious supermodel girlfriend that chase right and so she kind of is like not mentioned except for two times probably in the film but you have reference to the fact that apparently he's been trying to connect with her or speak to her. Um, mm-hmm. So you have these two things where they eventually line up where they're both single at the same time for them to be able to mm-hmm. be together. And it kind of works in parallel in the story, the written story that both of their relationships are coming to an end for them to be able to move forward together. Right. Because, you know, a part of that scene is, um, Lindy comes over in the book and brings food and brings, you know, all this. And then um, eventually her and Wes, the, you know, her kid, um, Jess's kid, they decide to, or they're going to paint the truck and they're going to do the graphics for it. And so they're like, go away to Chase and Jess. They're like, go away. You go do something for a couple hours and you come back. We don't want you here. And that's how they end up at the um, spring fling having lunch and then that's how they end up going on that little hike you know to reminisce and so we so for me it was like I liked it better in the book because we get to see Lindy and you know spoiler alert her eventual grandson grandson yeah (laughs) bonding together but then we also have a reason why they're Jace and Chess are alone on this big long date and how they have all this time to reconnect and have all this backstory and whatnot. That's a good point because at the end of the day, the scenes all happen in both the book and the film, but actually yes. the timeline and how they unfold is slightly different. And in the book, right. you get more backstory, which does make it seem a little bit more authentic how it unfolds. And you have that bonding time between the grandmother and future grandson. Right. And in the, in the movie, it just happens. But I think that's also the mediums like you you have yeah but it is the benefit of having the ability to compare these two which is yes (laughs) well you know and then they move on to the scene where um jess takes chase to their old little hiking trail or whatever where they used to go and he used to sneak kisses from her and um for me in the movie, I really liked that scene. I thought it was, you know, when I first watched the movie, I thought it was a very sweet, like romantic scene. And then I read the book version where it's it's a lot more fuller, but they're playful. But for me, they were more exposed, more vulnerable because they touch on a lot more deeper issues of their former relationship. And when I rewatched the movie afterwards, that scene felt so rushed. It was still fun. It was still flirty, but it felt so rushed to me. And I just appreciated the book version a lot more. Um, No, I agree. I think that the pacing of a book allows you to slow things down more and it allows just for more detail. And so um, I think there's lots of areas that one of them where they did it did it well. Um, and it's, again, like, I think it's just fundamentally in the book, you get more of the inner monologue and the backstory that just is impossible to do in the movie. And so it adds a richness to the filling out of the characters. 
Right. So what did you think then about at the beginning um, when Chase agrees to start working with Wes and they start um, practicing baseball together? And at one point, Wes is like, come to my game, my big game. And Chase shows up, even though he's a little late, he shows up and, you know, he the kid wins and they go back to the diner for fun. And then at one point, you know, Chase is like, hey, I think he's okay. Stop hovering to Jess. And they go out for a little walk and they go to the gazebo. So what did you think about that scene, book versus movie? Like, they were slightly, I mean, they like you said, they're the same. I think I probably preferred it better in the movie because I thought it um, it played out really nicely. And it was like in the right evolution of their relationship to tell the story in the movie. But it is almost identical in the book. Right. Because I thought... So this is one of their first alone scenes together in the movie. And so, you know, they kind of touch on history, but it's not as um, it's pretty surface level, you know, and it, like I enjoyed that scene. I thought it gave us a nice little, you know, bit of detail. And in the book, for me, it almost felt aggressive. <laughs> she like calls him, she, you know, she's like, hey, I don't want you to think I've been carrying a grudge against you this whole time like I mean they get a little yeah for me it felt more aggressive in the book yeah I thought it was softer and more appropriate in the movie because you know it's 15 years past or whatever and so it's kind of like I hopefully they've you know they've lived their lives and yes this is a second chance but like you know there's been some good stuff she had a child he's had a full career like I, I hope you're not that raw in your uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm angry with you yeah, so it's kind of nice. I also think it 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 um, illuminates that she dumped him, and so like you know, and that was kind of eye opening. It's not like he did leave her behind as he moved forward to the career, but it wasn't. She wasn't not a part of that decision. Like she also right. got afraid, or she was afraid, and probably didn't, you know, pursue something outside of the town. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah it. For me, they just, you know, they just played out slightly different and I still haven't decided which one, <laughs> which one I like runner. Cause I agree with Jess in the book where she's like, Hey, <laughs> she kind of gets onto him a little bit. But then I also agree that in the movie, let's not get too deep early on because they're still kind of dancing around each other. So I haven't decided yet which one I like better. I don't know. Well, I also, I do like though that both in the movie version and the book version, Chase helps her kind of not be so much of a helicopter parent in that she's like, give him some space. Like it's one thing to own the down, the town diner. It's awesome. That that means all the kids can go there for burgers and fries and hot dogs after the game. But at the same time, really nice for him, Wes, the kid to just have some space to be a kid. And like his mom can like walk outside and give him some space right. to just play with the kids. Yeah. Cause everyone in the diner knows Wes and they're not going to let anything bad happen to him, but this is why, this is why, honestly, I stopped. Well, my kids don't trick or treat anymore because they're they're too old for that now, Mom. We're too old for that. Okay, I'm like, who's too old for candy for free candy? I'm not. I mean, I'm definitely not. I'm like, I still need you to go out and get it because as a 43 year old, I can't knock on people's door and be like, give me candy. But anyways, my point is, is that I had to stop going with them because I was just, I'm such an anxious person. I generally, I literally have anxiety. So. When I would go with them, it was always a constant barrage of watch out, look at that, uh, uh, you know, just uh. and finally I realized this isn't enjoyable for anybody. My kids can't be kids. My husband is very relaxed. So he I was like, you're in charge. I have to stay home and hand out the candy. I can't be a part of this anymore. And my kids are like, it's awesome when you're not. <laughs> but you know what? It's good for everybody to know like what their strengths and weaknesses are. Exactly. It helps all of us, right? Like it, it lets you have a better Halloween. It lets them have a better Halloween. I fully support yes. it. My my husband would take pictures. He would take video. I'd get to participate that way. But yes, but I say that because I really understand the, for me, it, it played off as anxiety as a parent just because I have it. And so when I would be like, yeah, that would be me. I'd be like, eh, eh, oh, maybe. Eh, eh. And so I'd be like, okay, I have to leave. I'll, I'll go to the diner. You call me when you're done. Well, I have to leave. I can't stay and watch. Yeah, no, I also think, though, with the character of Jess, like, she's just also had to do so much on her own that throughout the story, you both also see that Chase steps up 
in ways to try to be a real partner and share things in a way that, you know, she's had to be a helicopter parent because she's had to be both mom and dad. And she's had to be at the baseball field and she's had to be everywhere because there wasn't somebody else sharing the journey with her. And once he started to become a part of their lives and he was enjoying it and building his own relationship with Wes, like it was natural that she could step away. I mean, she didn't have to do everything. Yes, because just like Wes, she had nobody reliable in her life. People would just leave. And so for her to alleviate that for Wes, she was there for everything and always saying yes and always. So I totally get that. And I think it was reflected well in both the book and the movie. I mean, you know, I just felt so bad because I was like, girl, get you a break. Go get go get a coffee. Get your nails done. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Take a break. Take a break. You know what? Just go sit in your diner and stare into space. Like just, mm. but praise to, you know, everybody needing a break for a little bit. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you about this scene cause I'm conflicted. Okay. I, I loved the fuller book version, but okay. Let me just say it. the scene. Cause obviously, you know, the big misunderstanding, the big conflict at the end, you know, the, the big one, at, you know, in the third act is going to be Chase having to decide whether or not to be still in baseball or not. So, you know, we know he gets the offer to be back in baseball. So the scene where Chase has to break the news to Jess that he's leaving and won't be there for Wesley's game. So I love how much fuller the book scene is of chase telling Jess that he's leaving because we hear both of we, we, we get their internal, you know, monologues about, however, the way Nikki Deloach plays the moment in the diner. It's so good. Her, her face transforms like, and they explain it in the, it's detailed in the book, how she's like, okay, it's happening. He's gone. And she's like, he must see this look on my face because now he's upset. So she's like, and so I have to paste on this big smile and go, oh my God, congratulations. And in the movie, her face goes from that moment of pain to like anguish and then to like fake smiling. And she, oh my God, her, that, her in that scene is incredible. And I can't, I agree. It's just, I just to compete with that. I mean, she, she plays it so well and you're right. She goes through the range of emotions where she's like her first initial reaction is gut wrenching. And then she realizes I've got to swallow my feelings right now and paste on a smile because that's the right thing to do to support somebody I care about. And you do, you see the range of emotions play out on her. And that's where it's like, she just does it so She is so good in that scene. And and in the book, we get a little bit more after that where, you know, in the movie, she, it kind of cuts off where, you know, Chase is like, well, you know, let me go tell Wesley, you're going to take him his lunch. I'd like to explain. And she's like, no, I got it. I'm, I've been here before. And, you know, she walks out. However, in the book, they kind of, they, she, they like hold on to each other physically a little bit more. And, um, you know, we, we go through this of her really trying to hold it together and not trying to bust out into tears in front of him. And so she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out. I'm about to just lose it. And then we also, get the moment where when she says um, in the book, she says, I'm going to handle it. I've been here before. And Chase's reaction in the book is just utter heartbreak. Cause he's like, I can't believe I'm causing this again for her. And what, you know, but I just, I can't get over Nikki's performance of that moment. It was so good. It was just so good. Yeah. I actually think that the two of them are a great pairing in Hallmark movies. And so it is really hard for me, I think, to not associate them with this story because I think they do it so well. And I think that's a a key scene where you see them work really well together. Yes. Oh my God. It's just so good. Okay. So one of the things that is absolutely not in the movie that was added in the book. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. If you think it added anything to it, but I call it, this is how I highlighted in my notes. This is the heading for it is Jess minus Brett plus Nina equals missing epilogue. (laughs) (laughs) 
in the book, we get this scene where Jess tries to set up Brett and Nina. And she, like, tries to get them together. And in the movie, there we don't get any of that. However, Brett is at the... We yeah, do? so you get it at the end where she kind of, I think in like the last scene, she kind of sends Nina over to sit with Brett at the table. Like she like plants the seed of Matchmaker, but in the epilogue, it just gets blown up that like you see that they're together. Oh, right. In the book. But I'm saying in the movie, we don't get any of it. Doesn't she do it in the movie where she like tells Nina to go sit with him at the table? I don't think so. I have to rewatch then because let me go back and rewatch because I was like, that's not even here because then I thought in the movie, I'm like, why is Brett even at the game at the end at the father son game? I'm like, why is he there with the? No, I think I think that I don't think it gets played out a ton in the the movie. But like, I feel like Jess kind of nudges Nina and Brett together and you see okay. the planting of the seed of it, which then gets expanded upon in the epilogue. And that's right. kind of why, I mean, obviously the epilogue is more. <laughs> it's more. What did you think of that? Uh, I, what did you think of the epilogue? I liked it as an added element to the book. I don't think it would work in any way in a Hallmark movie. Like they just don't do that. But there were two things. There was one scene that wasn't in the movie that I did really like in the book, which was when um, they're at the grand opening of the um, the grand reopening, I guess, of the diner. And yes. Chase gave her the gift of like the framed postcards. And I thought it was really beautiful and thoughtful. I also thought it highlighted, you know, what a schmuck Brett, Brett was for giving <laughs> her an air purifier <laughs> that like you could tell that like some man in her life was paying attention to things that like she is it is. Right. And it kind of like built on the theme of the fact that she was looking at those postcards from around the world when she looked at her scrapbook. And it like, yes, kinda, it was a nice moment. And it showed like a depth of their relationship that you could add that in. And then the other thing that wasn't in the book, but it was, it was in the book, but not fleshed out is, I think in the movie, the competition between Charlie, the other restaurant owner, and mm. Mickey was just more developed. And I think it, it needed to be in the movie because you needed to see that she had a competitor that was kind of pushing her to do more because if she was the only restaurant in town, why would she need new things right. to attract customers? She would just get customers because she's the only game in town. Yeah. So were those, are those your two wishes that were, you know, like what was something from the book you wished were in the movie? Are those your two? The postcards. I think the postcards, I think that would be a nice scene to add into the movie to give like another layer to like the relationship and also be a counterpoint to Brett and his air purifier. Um, Yes. (laughs) But the epilogue was the thing that was really different between the book and the movie, like a drastic difference. And as much as it's nice, like to have that added, I just don't see how that actually plays out in the movie. I just kept, yeah, I kept thinking it because when I read the epilogue, I was like, I don't remember this in the movie. And then I made a note. I was like, does it happen? And so when I watched the movie, I'm like, no epilogue. Okay. But I just kept thinking like they named that, you know, because in the epilogue, you find out that Chase and Jess have a baby. They get married and have yeah. a baby and they name it Ruth. And all I kept thinking was, I know that it's after Babe Ruth because, you know, and I know she has some other, but all I kept thinking is baby Ruth because it's a baby and it's Ruth and there's baby Ruth. And I just kept thinking of the candy bar and I'm like, oh, and, I, and I was really bad. I kept thinking of the movie Goonies where um, <laughs> the character was like, baby, baby, like Ruth. But I just, it was, my brain went to a totally different place that was related to Hallmark or baseball. That is so funny. Um, Okay, so for me, I'm going to say there were two, one smaller and one bigger that I really wish had been in the movie that were in the book. And one of them was, and the smaller one was in the book, as Jess is revamping this food truck to put out, you know, for the diner, um, she tries to get, she gets Wesley involved and he's very excited. You know, in both the book and the movie, he's very excited. But in the book... He actually takes this extra step and he creates like social media accounts for the um for the food truck and he takes videos and he posts their location. And he does this whole thing, which I thought was super cute. I just I loved that added um 
just level that that of involvement for Wes. And I thought that would have been, you know, that would have been fun in the movie. I know obviously the movie came first, so you can't go back. But and then the other one is this one for me, I was like, because I thought when I was reading it, I was like, I don't remember this in the movie. And then I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, it wasn't there. And it was. Um, when they, when Jess and um, Wes go to the spring fling initially and they, you know, they're supposed to be there with Brett and Brett is like, eh, he kind of blows them off. And then Chase shows up and he's wearing the dark jacket and the dark hat and she's like, stop it. And she does all that stuff. And then they walk around together in the book. They come across the the little carnival game where you throw the baseball and you knock off the milk jugs or whatever. And so in the movie, it kind of, you know, the the carnival guy's like, you want to try? And Chase says, no, thank you. And that's where the scene ends. And the next time we come back, we're at a different scene, the commercial yeah. cut. But in the book, that scene goes on a little bit longer. It's a night. <laughs> and yes. And they're like, hey, you know, come on. And they kind of, the whole community kind of crowds around and says you know come on do it and so he finally gets to it and he gets three shots and he misses the first two and so on the third one he has to go physically move jess he's like i have to move you i can't do this while you're here you're a distraction and she's like what and he's like yes so he moves her behind all these people and like puts people in front of her so can't. i think you win i think that actually would be a wonderful <laughs> scene to add into the movie that's missing yeah i vote for your your eye on that yeah i i think you i think you came up with the one that needs to go into the movie if they i just can you imagine seeing andrew walker like physically moving nikki deloge and they're so cute they're just so they're just they're very attractive people and moving and be like i can't concentrate with you here so i'm gonna move you because you're a distraction i need to do this and then he wins her the big teddy bear it was just it was well done cassidy carter i thought that was a very cute scene in the book Okay, so we've come to the end here, and now it's the biggest and hardest question Okay, that I'm going to have to you. Which was better for you? This isn't to dig one or the other. This isn't to knock one or the other, but personally, which one was better for you? The movie. The yeah, movie? I'm, I, I yeah. usually would say the book, but since the book is based on a movie, and the movie for right. me is, is better. That's where it's at? Okay. So for me, this is a first for me, and I'm going to say it's a legit tie. Wow. I I know. I Normally, I'm like, I have very strong feelings of one or the other. But for me, this book truly complements the movie in every way, and it makes me love the movie even more. Knowing that I can go back and read the movie, read the book, we'll read the movie, and get a little bit it's almost like extended scenes of a DVD. I buy the DVD and then I buy the deluxe version with the behind the scenes footage and all the extended scenes, the director's cut. It's like having a director's cut. And I just, I, I, I love them both. And I don't know if it's legal, but I'm going to say it is because it's my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should say, I guess my one question (laughs) is, is that, you know, with regards to like a book being based on a movie and having literally language that, is directly said in the movie show up in the book like does the screenwriter also get credit with the author because that to me was so interesting because I was like wait that line's from the movie the movie came first I just am curious because I don't actually know the answer like I mean I know it's you know the author wrote the book but there must be some kind of you know shared copyright because the language is developed by the screenwriter the other thing we have to talk about though is uh, the the hardware scene and the fact that my hallmark in real life moment is I legitimately had to stop reading because I was starting to ask of the book why are they not wearing masks where's hand sanitizer <laughs> like this I I was getting anxious because we are literally in the time of COVID and I wanted to know is everybody safe are they keeping distance right and and clearly that's it's not real life so I had to obviously talk myself through it but I am having these moments when I'm reading these days where I'm asking myself of you know every environment wait is this is this COVID protocol safe right and anytime they're talking about a party or uh, you know like a spring fling where everybody's just walking around these cars I'm like (gasps) yeah it's 
I have to remove myself from the actual real life and be like, it's fine that they don't need to wear masks because they're not in COVID right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah, it does take me out of the story, especially when it's very large scenes. But like, yeah, I, I think of shopping and when I do have to go to the grocery store, how hazmat suit I'm like. And yeah, you're right. In the hardware scene, just. Ooh, it gives me the willies thinking well, about I mean, it. I just felt so silly because I was literally sitting in, you know, my apartment in New York City, safe as, you know, a, her snug as a bug in a rug with like, you know, reading my book. And I was like, do, 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 do. and then Chase goes into the hardware to, store to like get paint thinner, probably to like help with the fence or whatever. And I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? Why, why is he just interacting so freely? Where, where are all the masks? So clearly, clearly, um, you know, this, it's having an effect on us if that's what's going through my brain as I'm reading books. Um, yes. But it's not, I just have to remind myself, it's not real life. It's just a book. You're not alone in this because I I react the same way. Even when I watch TV, I get very like, oh my gosh, look at that. They're all together. And I have to remind myself it's it's fiction. So stop it. But um, you reminded me of something else. I don't know why it popped into my brain, but you reminded me of something else. There's a line in the book that made me laugh out loud because now, on Twitter, it's a pretty well-known thing that it will be discussed. Men's clothes, sweaters, you know, V-necks, things that they're wearing, you yeah. know. And I really appreciated it. There was a line in the book that Cassidy Carter put in that was like, um, she actually talks about his sweater and the <laughs> tightness of it and how well it fits him in the seat. And I was like, sweater talk, Yes. <laughs> Yes, you gave us internal sweater talk, and I loved it because in that same scene in the movie, he is wearing this nice white fitted sweater for the auction scene, and I was like, "Yes, I know exactly what you were thinking of, ma'am, when you were writing this." Throwing one to the fans for you know, there's a certain subset who are following items of clothing, and they just they need to have it. They need to have it. I'm like, thank you for the sweater talk. I appreciate it because I recognize it, and I will make notes of it on who's wearing what. Well, And I guess the thing, the one thing is that for you to come up with them being a tie, maybe that's the nicest thing or the nicest compliment for a novelization. Cause like, isn't the ultimate goal that it needs to capture the essence of the movie in a way that, you know, feels similar to the movie. And for you to come up with a tie, it means it achieved its goal. Right. That's the point. Right. So I think that's a win-win. And for me, I think it's also probably authentic. Like I tend to fall in love whatever medium introduces me to a story. And I just right. can't erase the fact that the movie was first, even though I can appreciate that, you know, the book was done well. No, and I yeah, I agree. And now I'm going to say um, this was not my first novelization. And there are some poorly written ones because... There are some that are just very, very superficial repeats of the movie. Great. And you have maybe a couple of added scenes, but there's really no depth to them. And I thought this one was so well done because we get the internal motivations. We get the reasons why they're making the choices or responding in certain ways. And so I just, like I said, I thought this was like um, a director's cut. I thought it was, you know, it, it felt like reading the script before they cut out the scenes because they can only film so much and they can only show so much and so they're like okay well this is cute but we need to just we need to tighten it you know and so I appreciate that's why this one's my first tie well I'm proud to be on the tie episode (laughs) I'm like okay I'm gonna say that it's legal for me to do that so um Meg thank you so much we I had a blast like you know we did it we we sorted through it and I appreciate your time and I want to say thank you for coming on the show and I wanted to ask um, if people were interested where can they find you online to follow along with your Hallmark real life adventures thank you well thanks so much for having me Lisa this has been a lot of fun Um, and I'm so excited for you and I think this podcast is just an amazing idea Um, and I've enjoyed listening thus far and will continue to listen um, even after my episode (laughs) Um, and the Hallmark in real life um, blog can be found at hallmarkinreallife.com on Twitter I'm in Hallmark and it's on Instagram I'm Hallmark in real life 
I know. Dang Twitter with their character limits. I'm like, you're really making it hard for people to have matching <laughs> matching handles. It, yeah. It. And I have to say Twitter is kind of a new experiment for me. I, I'm learning the ropes. I'm much more comfortable blogging and on Instagram, but I'm giving it a whirl. Well, we're glad to have you there. And if you want, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Lisa Fay CO. That's Lisa Fay Co. And if you want to follow the pod, it's Which Was Better on both Instagram and Twitter. Or you can find us online at whichwasbetter.com. And so we did it. Woo-hoo! Woo! Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.